Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amovio Kugo, back again with my guy, L. This week is just us. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, we'll be discussing various news topics from the week, um, some current events, some updates, um, just gets you up to speed. You know, it's still early in the new year, uh, so things are... Um, you know, things things are happening. Things aren't happening. It's all over the place. So, me and L just gonna do it ourselves this week and give you guys, uh, you know, kind of some updates of what's going on. So, uh, first and foremost, L, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. It's been a busy week. Uh, you know, it's been crazy out here. We just finished the kit launch, so got that off. Um, so that should be coming in the next couple of weeks, and we just just rolling, man. Getting the new year started. How about yourself? Nah, same, same, man. Just grinding. I know you always joke around with me, uh, but yeah, just grinding. Got some cool things in the works, so hopefully excited to share that. Uh, you got the new beanie. Talk about that real quick. Oh, yeah. This is um, the beanie from Two Cents Gaming. So that's our gaming division, you know, getting into the esports world. So we're about to roll out some merch for that as well. So if you're a gamer, tap in. We'll have that up in a minute. Yeah, respect. And if anyone, yo... Y'all gonna have to convince convince me. I need to get on FIFA, so uh, I, I got to join the Two Cents Gaming Team uh, for the FIFA. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, and I got my jersey coming soon. I ordered that through y'all, so uh, appreciate yeah, that. Sure. That'll be that'll be in soon, and we're gonna be right back uh, for the spring. We're gonna do uh, our spring collection and have a brand new jersey for that as well. So. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot in the works. <laughs> so if you want your collection like L, make sure you tap into two cents uh, shop.com or did I get the two uh, cents sports shop? Yeah, two cents sports uh, two cents sports shop. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm like, look, I'm saying that every week. How can I forget? Yep. But let's jump right into this news bag though. Um, yesterday was the NWSL draft. Um, we had it was, it was actually a momentous occasion. Uh, six of the 10 first round picks were women of color. So that's huge for the game. Um, let me run down the top 10 picks. So Racing uh, Louisville had, uh, they drafted Emily Fox from UNC, number one. And then number two, Washington Spirit drafted Tr Trinity Rodman from Washington State. That's Dennis Rodman's daughter. Um, Sky Blue drafted Brianna Pinto from UNC. Um, new KC team drafted Kiki Pickett from Stanford. Racing Louisville again um, at the number five pick with Amina Ekik from Louisville. Um, Portland Thorns drafted Yasmeen Ryan from TCU. Chicago Red Stars um, drafted Madison Haley from Stanford. Uh, Washington Spirit drafted Tara McCown from USC. Orlando Pride drafted Ivana Villacorta from UCLA and go then Bruins, then to round out the first round North Carolina FC drafted Deanne Rose from University of Florida so I'm hearing it's a big it's a it's a big big draft class um we'll have Maggie on friend of the show um in a, in a couple of weeks to to run down the entire draft process from NWSL to MLS uh she's participating in both as an agent um so she's going to give us that behind the scenes look in a couple weeks so we're not gonna get too crazy into the nwsl draft um but just want to get your thoughts on you know what you've seen so far no i thought it was amazing you know uh obviously you got the top the top schools that have their uh influx of players in the top draft i was in the top 10 you know, obviously 
Uh, shout out UCLA, uh, you see UNC, they always have a presence, uh, Stanford. Um, I really like the fifth pick, you know, they went local. Um, so I thought that was really cool how they did that. Um, but, you know, also a friend of the show, we had, um, I'm forgetting her name, but she she tweeted, um, you know, black black women are good at soccer too. And I thought that was interesting as you saw oh, six Kaya. of the 10. Yeah, Kaya. Kaya McCullough. I thought that was interesting. You know, as you saw six of the 10 first round picks were women of color. Um, it, it just shows the growth of the game and, and you know, exposure. I know we have our conspiracy theory. Um, definitely want to see the positions they play or if the positions that they play now compared to as they develop in their careers, um, where they are going to, you know, end up on the field. So um, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. Another big story um, from the draft was Katarina Mercario, who um, is a big name coming into the U.S. US women's national team camp. Um, she played for Stanford as well, but she skipped NWSL and decided to sign with Lyon over in France. So jump straight to the big leagues. Yeah. Um, Got to do what's best for her and her family, huh? Yeah, and, I mean, in this season, we've seen, um, you know, Tobin Heath, uh, Kristen Press, you know, Rose Lavelle. We've seen a lot of the U.S. Women's National Team players jump over to um, to the U.K. Um, and play in their Super League. Um, you think we'll you think we'll start seeing more of that? You think you're going to see more of the top uh, picks, you know, skipping NWSL and then going straight to Europe? Oh yeah, I think as as the game grows, especially you know, European leagues, they're trying to really you know ramp up the the infrastructure and the and the investments in that. So now it's not just, you know, staying in your local market in the US. You know, earlier we saw uh, Lindsay Horan, you know, when she first came onto the scene, she signed with PSG instead of going um, to even college. Um, and then now you see with Katarina, who's been talked about, you know, I've heard, of, I've even heard about her, you know, for quite some time about her talent um, to go to Leon, you know, a strong team, strong international presence. You know, they kill it every year. Um, just shows her talent and then just shows that and they'll be a sell as, as fast as they're growing they even need to ramp it up a little bit more because you know when our own talent is going overseas uh, you already have like four or five national team uh, women um, there already but now it's the young talent that's continuing to go over there and not even giving NWSL a chance for them to like plant their seeds um, yeah it's going to be real interesting and Leon has a pretty uh, strong setup do you think she'll go get playing time over there? Or do you think they'll loan her out? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, she's like, yeah, she like a baller, baller. She's not like just like good. Like people talk about her like as the next big thing, you know, at least from the U.S. Uh, women's national team standpoint. So uh, I'm excited for her career. Um, I think she's gonna do well. It, it may take some adjusting too because you know Leon has the top of the top uh, talent, um, but talent always shines through. So if you're good at you know the level of Stanford and the U.S. women's national team. I'm sure she's going to be <coughs> she's going to be able to adjust uh, at Leon as well. And some more um, NWSL news: Sacramento, your hometown, officially officially announced their uh, NWSL franchise starting in 2022. And there's also rumors of San Jose um, coming into the game as well. Um, so that's still in the works. But I think that'd be dope having uh, San Jose and um, Sacramento like close in proximity. That that'd be a good derby. Oh, no, definitely. Um, I remember growing up, you know, there's always derbies between uh, the club teams, you know, at the youth level, you know, between like, you know, some of the bigger clubs out here in Sacramento, San Juan, Davis, um, El Grove at the time, um, some top talent, some top 
uh, women came from these programs and then they would play uh, the talent from the Bay and, uh, you know, they got some, got some battles. So uh, to extend that, you know, to the professional ranks, I think is really important uh, as, you know, uh, I said on earlier podcasts, you know, Megan uh, Rampone, uh, I always, I always mispronounce the last name. <laughs> Rapino. <laughs> Rapino. <laughs> she gonna hate me if she ever see this. Uh, Rapino, uh, she's from the greater Sacramento community. Um, her class, like when they came out, um, I think I'm trying to remember, like Stephanie Lopez, um, they had a bunch of ballers. So, um, and every year, um, Sacramento is producing talent that's going somewhere, whether it's Stanford, uh, UCLA, um, or any of the local schools in the area. Uh, I'm excited to see it, and I think it's going to do wonders for the community. Yeah, for sure. And that, let me see. If San Jose comes in, then that'll be three teams in Cali. I think they got room for at least one more. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. So what area do you think will um, jump in if they had, if they added another team? San Diego. Like San Diego? Yeah. San Diego, for sure. Like, that infrastructure, surf, nomads, the women mm-hmm. talent out there is it's different level, but ideally you know you want to get something in the valley too you know you know we talk about expanding um soccer in other communities um you got to have something in the valley so whether it's stockton fresno area you know get into the hispanic talent um you know try to tap into that market obviously there's been rumors of oakland um trying to get into the nwsl as well um so whether they work it out with san jose joint venture or you know, there's never enough teams. Um, I yeah. think those are the three markets that I would seriously consider. San Diego for sure. And then after that, uh, Central Valley or Oakland. And you know, everyone wants to always have two LA teams for the Derby, but I think San Diego, <laughs> LA can handle that on its own. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think San Diego spaces it out enough. Um, yeah. You have like Northern Cali, North Central, Southern Cali, and then exactly border, and <laughs> <laughs> border. Oh, All right, so let's jump right. Let's jump into um, USL. Um, North Carolina FC is moving down from Championship to League One. So the team announced their move down to League One is likely due to um, lower operational costs. I know that they just got approval to build a new downtown stadium. Um, so they're probably trying to cut costs on you know the operations and. Team. They also run the um, North Carolina Courage, who are you know staying where they're at. Um, but what are you, what are your thoughts on you know them moving down to League One? Yeah, it's, I mean, with everything going on over the past year and a half or so, um, it's it's been tough for you know a lot of sports franchises, sports teams. Uh, I, I'm not behind the scenes, but I wish and hope that the players are getting sorted, and it's not just yeah we're moving to League One, and then you guys are gonna have to take this, take it or leave it type style. Um, this, uh, I'm, I'm happy that they're not going away. I think they're just doing this as a temporary, you know, bandaid to some of the problems that they're currently currently facing, and then gonna go back up to USL Championship. You know, you, North Carolina is a is a hotbed of talent. Um, they got a well-run organization, or one of the better one-run organizations. Um, you know, and I, I personally don't see uh, Coach Dave Sherrison, you know, coaching a League One franchise. Um, I don't think that's in his um, motivations, if, if that makes sense. Um, so I think this is a temporary thing. I, I just hope for the players' sake that um, they're, you know, taken care of in this in this process. Yeah, you mean from like a pay pay standpoint? 
Yeah, from a pay standpoint, from a prep standpoint, because um, you know there's been you know people talking in our group chats and stuff like that. It's just like yo, some people say like, oh, we had no idea this was coming. Some people were like, yeah, there's rumbling, so they kind of so just from a, a standpoint of like having that sense of stability, you know, as a soccer player, professional athlete for that matter, you have stability, but you never really have stability. So um, with this situation, I know um, a lot of phone calls are being made. Um, so hopefully for those guys, they can, uh, you know, kind of clear it, clear it out. Now, is the pay super drastic from championship to league one? To, to my knowledge, uh, yes and no. It's really every, I think it's individual. So you have like your, your, your set standards or like averages. Um, but from the standpoint of like, if you're like a top guy that's been able to negotiate like a pretty good deal on a USL championship level based on that, um, and then dropping down to League One, where they don't have to kind of take care of, of you as as the standard to championship. And that's not mm-hmm. to say the championship standard is like high level, but it's just a, a notch above. So I think there's ways um, that it, it doesn't really benefit uh, some of those guys that are, you know, on those contracts. Yeah. So do like do the different leagues have different CBAs? Uh, so right now, the USL is um, it's all combined, um, but they're still in discussions in terms of developing a CBA. So they've been going back and forth for the past two years or so. Um, everyone's dragging their feet on that, and that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, so the USL doesn't really have a CBA. It's basically like a gentleman's agreement at this point. Got it. I'm also hearing that... Um... Charlotte Independence might be moving down as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more teams moving down. We've already seen Reno fold, um, you know, NC uh, drop down. You, know, you, you said the rumors of Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. I know there's another couple teams that are like, you know, this, if y'all don't fix this stuff, if y'all don't help us out, if we don't know what's going to happen going forward, we're going to figure out ways to, you know, save our, save our franchise or save our business. Yeah, so it seems like the season's up in the air for all of soccer at this point. You know, like MLS is, they were first they were talking about March and then now with these uh, issues that we'll talk about later, um, look, it's looking like May. So do you, any any word on when USL start back up? So the rumor is, and it's funny because I'm getting like texts like, yo, Mo, did you know, have you heard anything? Do you know when the season starts? I'm like, I'm just, I don't know anything and it's like, well, you're the player rep. I was like, yeah, I don't, that don't mean anything. I might have to take my name down off that. Uh, so I would guess if I'm a betting man, you know, season's gonna start May. Preseason will start, you know, early April. Um, but there's nothing set in stone yet. You know, I think everyone's kind of waiting for the first domino to fall, and then from there, that's when decisions will be start being made. So I've told guys, it's gonna be a long winter. You got, you got, you got to prepare. You got to prepare. So. That's Obviously, stay fit, yeah, stay injury, uh, stay injury free, uh, stay ready. But you, you, you know, you might not see some checks coming until uh, second quarter 2021. So, for real, they ain't bread, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they so, ain't reading a frugal athlete. <laughs> Respect, shameless plug. <laughs> Check out a frugal athlete. We get you sorted. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's slide into um, MLS. So steadily moving up the ladder here. Um, the Montreal Impact have officially rebranded to CF Montreal, um, and they've unveiled their new crest. So, 
official name of the club would be Club de Foot Montreal. My friend, my French is trash, but bear with me. Um, and they'll more, but they'll more more than likely go by CF Montreal. Um, and they apparently copied their logo from <laughs> Bloomington, Indiana. Um, but we'll, we'll jump into the logo right now. Um, okay. Get your thoughts on this. So, on the left here, we got the old logo, um, the old Impact logo, and then we have the new logo. So, kind of breaking down some elements of this new logo. Um, it says the arrows are for Montreal's metro transportation system. The blue line outside the logo represents the Montreal represents that Montreal is an island. Snowflake is a series of M marks for Montreal. For Montreal, no two snowflakes are identical, but they all look and feel the same. I'm like looking at I'm like, wait, no two snowflakes are identical. They look exactly the same. I think it's a like a general saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I mean, what are your thoughts on the logo overall? I, I like it. I'm not even gonna hate. I, I like it, and then like with the explanations, you know, I, 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 I was today years old when I found out Montreal is an island, uh, so um, that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I like it. You know, they're touching into their French, you know, history, their French uh, ties when it comes to changing the like the the order Club de Foot Montreal, um, and then they tie it back to the city with you know um, the S, the arrows. I mean, sorry. And then the M, and then the snowflake, and then the color blue. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna hate it. I think they can do some serious stuff when it comes to merch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all right. I, I'll give it a mid if I had to rate it. Um, I think explanations are lacking. Oh, you think came, you, you came up with some better marketing jargon for that. Like I would have said, um, the arrows pointing into the M you know, or representing like impact as a nod to our roots. Like, you know, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like creative, like talking about snowfl- snowflakes and <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even know where the snowflake comes from. Like, yeah. To be honest. Cause I thought it was like, uh, I thought it had to do with Canada, like snowflake Canada, like on the, um, on their flag or that's a leaf or whatever. Um, whatever. They have a, what do they have on their flag? A maple leaf. Yeah, so I thought, that would have been dope. They could have, they could have worked the maple leaf with the M's. Like that yeah. would have been dope. But snowflake, I, I mean, I don't get it. I guess I got to be from Montreal to get it. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it's cool. Um, I still would have liked to have seen like them go the Olympic route, but I think there are some uh, some like copyright issues. Oh uh, yeah, probably that huh? that, like the like, trademark, trademark type stuff. Like dealing with the Olympic committee and stuff like that, you got to get approval for that kind of stuff. Um, so, I think that may have kind of put a wrench in that uh, that plan. But overall, I think it's a I think it's a cool logo. I'm interested to see what the kits look like. Hopefully, they you know they give them some more some better kits to go with this. But they've already had they've always had like some pretty dope kits. I like those kits, right? The gradient stripes that they have and stuff like that. So I think it will go well with that. Um, but we'll see we'll see what this uh, this new season brings. No facts and. Uh... I know someone mentioned it uh, on Twitter, like talking about how obviously it's good to have the the big sponsor Adidas to help all the teams, but you just imagine if teams were kind of given free reign and like how they can, um, you know, customize their jerseys. I think you would see a lot more creativity, Uh, but Montreal has always been one of the, they always have like some clean jerseys. So yeah, it should be exciting to see 
how it goes. And you know, Henry's not gonna be rocking, you know, no weak stuff. So <laughs> I mean, you gonna wear what you gonna wear anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out what that P hat was, and I, I realized it was Puma this whole time that he was. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's sponsored by Puma. Yeah. Cool. So moving into our next topic, the MLSPA and MLS are having labor issues again. So. The league and the players are negotiating for the third time in the last 12 months. Um, MLS reformed the MLSPA on December 29th that is invoking the force majeure clause in the CBA to move that allowed, a move that allowed the league to bring the players back to the table. So the MLS has made its opening offer to the players last Tuesday proposing an amended deal that would include no pay cuts for 2021 and extend the current CBA for two additional years through 2027. The MLSPA director is in no rush to get a deal done by the leagues and pros. The league has imposed a January 28th uh, deadline to get all this stuff done, but the MLSPA director is in no rush to get it done. Uh, so how do you think these negotiations will play out? You think um, they'll push the season start, the start of the season back? Yeah, so yeah, first and foremost, I think definitely the start of the season is going to be pushed back. I think it's just going to give time for everyone and provide clarity. Obviously, MLS laid off a couple, uh, a bunch of people at the end of the season in the in the league office, um, and they, you know they have to adjust to that. And then obviously, with everything going on uh, from a TV revenue standpoint, from you know uh, stadium revenue standpoint, because um, of COVID, um, they they've had to adjust there and make adjustments. So that's definitely playing a role in their decisions. Um, it's gonna it's gonna get worked out, you know. It's just people just, you know, trying to play the negotiating game. Um, but do not extend the CBA past the World Cup. If anything, please do not do that. That's not like when once you said 2027, I just started laughing because I knew, uh, from just from the business standpoint, that's like they they know what they're doing. Yeah, you want to get that new TV deal? Doesn't that yeah. new TV deal kick in like? right after the world cup or something like that yeah so like with the timing if they if, uh, from mls perspective if they have the players locked in after the world cup mm-hmm. um obviously there's going to be a bump but they'll be able to kind of leverage the bump whereas you know if you have if you're if the mls players are using the world cup to their advantage you know that buzz that is going to bring obviously the tv deals the the sponsorships all these different things that are going to come to the states um, that gives the players leverage to kind of, you know, negotiate more on what they want. Um, you got to do that when it's, you got to do it before the, rather than after. Yeah, for sure. You want to get them, uh, get them jammed up. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Come on, man. So I definitely think that'll be a point of contention um, in the negotiations. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Sure get pushed back. I might have to go uh, consult again because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they need to make sure. Like that's number one. No, we're not doing anything after World Cup. Go ahead and get you that's our back. Yeah, that's that's our that's our not. We're not we're not discussing. Anything. Nothing is going to be signed for after the World Cup. Everything has to be handled before. If we're extending it, uh, no chance. Sorry, this this gets me. This how I'm having flashbacks of when we was uh, when we was doing the CBA deals and stuff. So. so. It's a whole different ball game. People don't even understand how uh, how that how that works. So, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> we got to get a um, CBA expert on the show. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I know you know somebody, so like, go ahead and start working on that. Okay, most definitely. <laughs> Someone that's willing to talk. Yeah, I got my guy. I got, I got somebody for sure, for sure. That would be, um, see if he's still uh, willing to speak. But yeah, I definitely got someone. All right, for sure. All right, so last topic. Um, Soccer Ventures acquires Alianza de Football. So the group bought um, Alianza de Football, which operates clinics, leagues, and tournaments outside the structured U.S. soccer ecosystem. And Jugo TV, its content studio, and media arm. Both are previously owned by billionaire Stephen Ross's Relevant Sports. So if I don't know who Stephen Ross is, he owns the uh, Miami Dolphins as well. Um, so big big name in the sports world so tell us a little bit about this i think this one you added right oh uh, yeah yeah so for soccer ventures obviously started by richie graham a uh, minority owner of philadelphia union uh, he's been like tagged with you know all the wonderful things he's done from a ysc standpoint um their kind of academy mm-hmm. um so he's brought in some heavy hitters they raised a 50 million dollar fund um at the beginning of the year when they first announced that you know they bought a couple um soccer companies i think uh what's the company um kicks to the pitch um along with some other ones and then this latest one i think it's a it's a it's a it's a good it's a good play um because obviously as you know that over the next couple years as soccer continues to expand from a domestic standpoint global standpoint you know having uh alianza and all the wonderful things that they've done over the years um, from identification of talent, from exposure in the you know local Hispanic communities that everyone talks about that we're not doing enough of from a uh, from a U.S. standpoint, uh, for them to get in. And I know you know with uh, Richie Graham's his vision, you know he's probably going to apply some of the things that he's done with YSC into you know what Alianza is doing to identify talent, um, to uh, to increase exposure, um, you know to grow the game. Um, I definitely see. Um, what they're doing, uh, a, a good play, a good play for sure. Okay. Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about um, like Jugo TV and stuff like that? Yeah. So Jugo TV is essentially just like their, uh, how can I explain it? It would be like, um, how can I say? It would be like, so, you know, you have a company and then they have like basically like their studio arm or like, like, uh, like Nike. And then they use like, William Kennedy, but William Kennedy's um, obviously its own company, but it'd be mm-hmm. like Jugo TV is like just that that arm of Alianza. So anything that they do from, you know, podcasts, experiential marketing, video content, um, you know, handling of like kind of some brand partnerships as well. Uh, Jugo TV um, from a media perspective handles that and does that. Got it. Yeah. That's dope. So I'm guessing Alianza did football. They they kind of cater more toward the the Latinx market. The... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they you know they do um, you know clinics. They'll do like camps. Uh, they'll do uh, activations. They'll do a, a whole bunch of different things to help um, increase um, exposure, increase relationships in those Hispanic Latinx communities. And then from there, I know one of the biggest things that they do is like an annual or um, annual trips to, you know, Mexico, and they'll, they'll get a group of players to play over there. And then from there, you know, some some of the Mexican scouts, agents, will look at the talent from the Alianza group and either, 
you know, have them be a part of their respective clubs. You know, Jonathan Gomez is part of the Alianza uh, family. Um, a couple others, I think up to 75 players went pro from the Alianza um, company. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like a feeder system, like an ecosystem that helps e- expand the Latinx Hispanic soccer community and market. Dope. Yeah, I see. I see what he's doing. And he's yeah. doing you know, when they when they decide to move into the African American market, they need to holler at us, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But there's really is there like that's a great point. Is there like an alianza for black soccer players? I don't think so. Yeah, and it's like where are we are we taking them to? You know, Africa? Are we taking them to? You know, I know a couple guys. You know, shout out to Kefern. You know, he takes talent. You know, over to Holland and um, you know Belgium and stuff like that. But like a like a standalone program that's you know going into the minority communities, you know two cents FC we on our way, um, but if there's anyone else, I would be interested to know. Even from a media perspective, you know, highlight us. I, I see what you're doing, doggy. You need to come highlight us. Tell your come highlight us, man. Yeah. No respect. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of stuff in the works. We just need the capital. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, so especially you know, soccer is only going to grow. So I'm I'm bullish on soccer, um, especially stateside, and I I'm bullish on it coming into the minority communities, especially Black communities, and really, um, you know, really growing. So I know you're doing some great things in Atlanta. I'm trying to do some things out here in Sacramento, um, and there's a lot of other great people doing some things. But like you always say, man, teamwork, collaboration. So, you know, tap in with Two Cents FC, man. This is this is what we do. This is what we're about. So, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. That's all we got this week. It's a short and sweet one. Just running yeah. down some of the headlines that we've seen that kind of piqued our interest. Uh, we, we may do these from time to time, you know, like just a couple of mailbag episodes to kind of just talk about the news. Uh, we may have a guest on to help us, you know, but you know, we're trying to diversify the content as much as possible, you know, here and there. No, I respect that, man. Yeah. Exactly right. So, I mean, before we leave, any uh, Arsenal thoughts, questions, concerns that you want to get off your chest? I mean, no, we drew today. Um, at least we didn't lose, so I'm not. I'm not <laughs> mad at that. I think we played well. We had a lot of chances. We just couldn't couldn't close it out. It happens. Yeah. You know? And then, how you feel about Atlanta's new coach? I know they hired. They finally they finally hired uh, Gabriel Heinze. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't know a lot about him. But from what I've heard, I've only heard like really good things about him. I heard his philosophy is very similar to Bielsa's. Uh, he kind of kind of comes from that Tata Bielsa tree. Yeah. Um, but he has he put his own spin on things. So I'm I'm excited to see us get back to that kind of attacking football, that that fast break type of football. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And I think our our South American players will um, will buy in a little bit more. Um, I heard they had I heard they had a welcoming party. You know. Jose Mar- uh, Martinez and all of them. That is- <laughs> oh, nah, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just making no. jokes. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, you know what I'm saying? Put <laughs> their little barbecues together. I know when we had LGP, um, he will also he will always host barbecues with the with the team, with the La Banda, as they call them, the um, Argentinian <laughs> players. Yeah. Um, so I could see it happening. No, nah, respect. And uh, I remember there's a video like way back, not way back, but like two, three years ago. And it was like Einstein when he was coaching, when he was coming up and he's like, came to go see the academy players and they had like a big game, you know, and you know, Argentina, like 
academy games, U12 or U12 is like packed, like intense. Um, right. And they, the, the, his, the club lost and the players were crying. And he was like, yo, why are you guys crying? Like soccer, he gave like a whole speech. It was, yes, right. I'm gonna try to have to find it and send it to you. you might make a clip out of it, but. Yes, um, oh, okay. Yeah, you see, you already headed the game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see him coach in the league. And obviously Tata is always going to be like, legend status so it's tough to follow him per se but i think he's gonna do well yeah for sure so what teams are you excited about like going into the 2021 season i know you're not you may you may not be as tapped in as you once were um yeah. but so from an mls standpoint or like uh yeah. just global standpoint uh mls mls Ooh, i I'm, I'm interested to see what vanny does with la um i think um, I think he's going to do well. I think it's going to be interesting, though, because obviously Chris Klein's been there for a while. He's 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 swung and missed on a couple people. Um, so he has pressure. Uh, you know, the close came there from uh, Mexico last year. But I think Vanny is going to be the key piece to kind of bring it all together. So I'm excited about them. Uh, definitely want to see what Miami does because they just kind of like, I don't know what that they shit. did. That shit yeah, ain't quick, didn't it? So, like after one yeah. season, yeah. So, I'm like, I'm like, yo, give me a call if y'all need some help. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, I'm excited to see. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to see how Philly uh, adjust with losing their two key young players. I think they'll be fine, but um, like, how they're gonna approach that? DC, um, they gotta hire somebody. I think it's going to be bad before it gets better. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but yeah, I'm ex I'm not excited, but I'm intrigued how they're going to fix that up. And then for the other teams, I just want to see if they can keep it together. So, you know, you saw Orlando do well. Um, you saw Nashville do pretty well. Uh, you know, Colorado do well in spurts. Like those like mid-level teams, um, how can they continue, I guess, or like reach that next level? Um, I, I feel like Minnesota falls in that bucket as well, uh, especially with them wanna, losing Molino. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I want to see how Austin does out the gate. First it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I, well, it's still, it's still early because they, they still have some, you know, a lot of money left to make some big signings. Mm -hmm. But from the roster right now in the West, I mean, they can, they'll compete. They'll compete, but they need a forward bad. They need another like solid midfielder bad. And I would actually get another defender, another center back as well. Uh, don't, even <laughs> don't even get me started. Claudio, Claudio knows me, but uh the other boys is bad for me right there. Uh, okay. Austin, gonna, uh, yeah. either, way, either way, they're gonna see me. If if I'm with Austin next year and we do like a little inner squad, or I mean sorry, uh, a little um a scrimmage, yeah, scrimmage, friendly, friendly. Yeah, they'll they'll see me. I'm I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see what Chris Armis does up there in Toronto. See yeah, that. that's a good shout because uh, he's, he's playing in the Red Bull system, so I don't know if that's his style or if it was just that's a Red definitely Bull. not his style. But, yeah, so I'm gonna see what they do up there. Yeah, and they got to make it. They got to make some more signings too. They got to get a little bit younger. But bro, talk about failing forward though. You know what I'm yeah, he, he imploded that team the last last couple of years. <laughs> gets fired and then gets another job, but yeah, 
you know, I'm not seeing any, you know, black coaches getting the same opportunities as him. I think Chris they Armis? had off. Chris Armis is black. Is he? He's not black. Yeah. yeah, he's black. Yo, son is not black. Hold on. Chris Armis is black. Yo, right. so I'm happy for him. He, hey, yo, Hold on, man. I, I got along with him I'm when really I was there, so. You, you I swear that Chris Armis is black. He got some you know black. He got some black. He has some black in him, or is he black? Yeah, like, he black. like you know how Tiger Woods said he's like, uh, what do he say? Cabal Asian or some shit like Chris that. Chris Armis is like, Chris Armis is black. <laughs> this is gonna be a cool ass segment. <laughs> Chris Armis is black, bro. Nah, he don't. Hmm, let me see. Check it. Sure. <laughs> I'll go to I'll go to FanDuel right now. Put the money on it. It says he's a Puerto Rican descent, Afro Latino. You black? All right. You gonna let it slide? Nah, I'm not. I'm not rolling just yet. But I'm telling you, I'm yo. We got to put it on the uh, two cents Twitter. I mean, but I mean, Puerto Ricans are essentially black to a degree. Whether they want, to think, whether they think so or not, they all came uh, from the diaspora. Nah, yeah, because you know me, I, you know, I do, I do my studying. Chris Armis is black. He be uh, and he claims it too. He's not like he's not like trying to hide from it or anything like that. Like some folks. Ah, uh, yeah, we gonna put that on the Twitter. We gonna do a, a little Twitter poll right after this <laughs> and see. <Respect. laughs> oh, that's funny. And then uh, I think Pablo got the uh, Real Salt Lake job. That's gonna be interesting. That's cool. gonna be interesting. Uh Paulo Mastrani. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I'm intrigued how that's gonna work out. Um, you know, he did well with Colorado that one year, but everyone was complaining how they played. Um, but I think, you know, he's gonna fix some things from the culture standpoint at uh Real Salt Lake and uh, that'll be that'll be that'll be good. Okay. So it should be interesting interesting season coming up. Um since the whole RSL thing is now under league control, they're handling that sale. So it's a little bit of a mess going on over there. Oh, because they, ha- oh, they haven't sold it yet. Nah. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. Barcelona need to go ahead and slide in. I don't know why they don't. That's a good sell. <laughs> they're going to slide in and move them to Arizona. Nah, they're not. Arizona's, uh, Arizona's good. Uh, I think some things are gonna be announced pretty soon. That's why I heard. Oh, what you, you got some got some tea on the on the inside. That's what I heard. I heard you know, expansion is coming soon. I thought they stopped at um, thirty. Yeah, yeah, but money talks apparently. So we'll see. Big name ownership group or what? Who knows? <laughs> I'm not at liberty to discuss. I right, we'll talk offline. Yeah. On the show. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so you want me to close this out? Yeah, that's it, man. All right, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. You know what it is. Every Friday, um, that's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at Two Cents I got the domain right this time. It helps support the show. You see me rocking the hat. L's rocking the beanie. I got to get that for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss. Um, every week, unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Thank you guys so much for the support. Um, you know, I'm not really an analytics guy, but, you know, L tells me the support has been crazy. So, you know, much love for real, for real. 
and uh, always engage with us. We will respond. We will engage back. Uh, we're not too cool for school. So, um, yeah, that, that's all I got. Oh, see y'all next week. Peace. Yeah, peace.